0: everyone Sam ovens here and today I want to tell you about how we hire people for our company so when it comes to hiring you know we look for something that we call full-stack people so you're probably thinking full-stack people what does that mean who are they and why right well the reason why we hire full-stack people is we want people that are good at a range of different things. So they're, they're generalists. They have a they have a base of generalism, which means that you know, they know a lot about a lot of topics. They have good worldly wisdom, and you know, they know a lot of things like a bit about marketing, a bit about social media, a bit about the internet, a bit about software, and also a bit about accounting or finance or numbers and statistics. And they also know a bit about psychology, and you know they're well read they read lots of books and you know they know a lot about a lot of things and why we hire people that have this good broad general knowledge which is what we call full stack people is because i'm sure you've you've noticed this yourself when you hire people who are just specialists like they only do this one narrow thing then nothing really gets done like you imagine you as an entrepreneur If you only knew how to do sales, right? Let's say you're very good at sales calls, but nothing else. Well, how would you start a business? You know, you'd go to your laptop, and you'd be like, well, how do I do anything? You know, I know how to do sales calls, but I don't know what my business is, I don't know what my product or service is, I don't know how to come up with a product or service, I don't know how to run a business, and I don't know how to generate any sales calls or do any marketing. So you're stuck, you know, you go to your computer and you're just completely screwed, Alright? Well, the same is true, you know, when you hire people like this. If they only know how to do one very narrow, rigid thing, then they're going to get stuck. And that's probably the main uh, problem with people who are just good at one thing, is that they really can't do anything, because there's no such thing as really only doing one thing. You need to be able to do a range of different things. and. The other problem with people who only know a narrow field is that they're just like, oh, that's not my responsibility, you know? They're like, that's not what I do. So someone might be good at, you know, at one particular thing and then something pops up where they need to, to do something else and they're just like, oh, that's not my responsibility, right, that, that wasn't in my job description. That's something to watch out for. If someone ever says that, you, there's a warning sign. It wasn't in my job description. Make a note of everyone who ever says that to you, and watch them because you know that 's a warning sign, right? Someone who is a full stack person would never say something like that, and what they actually do is they they seek to understand the entire business you know a full stack person is never satisfied they 're always curious, and they 're trying to understand everything they want to know how support works they want to know how the financial part works, they want to know how the product works, they want to use the product, they want to go through it and play with it. And they ask why so many times that people want to kill them, right? They're just like, why, 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 why? They're asking why, they're talking to everyone, they're trying to understand everything. Because full stack people, they are very good at seeing the big picture and the detail and every single layer in between. And it's only when you can understand the big picture and the detail that you know how your piece interconnects with the greater whole, right? And these are the best people to hire because you know if someone is really good at marketing, they're not gonna be just good at marketing. They're gonna be good at sales. They're gonna be good at accounting and finance too. They're also going to be good at advertising, psychology. They're probably gonna know a little bit about Photoshop and what makes an image appealing. Uh, they should even have a little bit of an artistic flair to them and they should also be very good at numbers and statistics and all of this. And they should also be very scientific and they should also know a bit about technology and landing page conversion rates and all of this. They should also know about marketing automation. They should know about copywriting and how to write good emails. They should know about tracking and attribution modelling. Right, This is what makes a good marketer. And you know, this is why we want full stack people because if someone's just good another thing that i see if is if someone's just good at facebook ads like running facebook ads then you're screwed because you know to run facebook ads is one thing but to create an ad from scratch to find a good image to test everything that's another but then it's also interconnected to the landing pages and the funnel and the product and the conversion process and the tracking and the overall statistics and numbers and kpis that drive the whole machine so a good Facebook advertiser is good at landing pages, conversion rates, statistics. They're good at attribution modeling. They're also good at finance. They understand accrual accounting, cash accounting. They know the difference between cash and revenue. They know how accounts receivable works. They know how to allocate an allowance for doubtful debts. And you know they're good financial thinkers. And they're also good like artistic and creative thinkers, so they know how to make things different, push boundaries, push buttons, break the rules. And they're also good copywriters, so they, they're good at English and all of this stuff. And also, they're good at psychology, so they can get inside the mind of the person they're talking to, and they know what buttons to push. And they're good at like conversion rates, split testing, and they, they will also see how the product and the funnel and all of this affects the results that they're able to achieve on Facebook. And they care about those things so much that they go out and they try to learn these things and they talk to these people over here. So this is a full-stack person. And I got this term, full-stack, from the engineering world. So like computer uh, developers, right? So in the developer world, uh, there's this term called a full-stack developer or full-stack engineer. And what it basically means is that they can code the full-stack. Because in, in development, software development, you know, there's people who can like spin up servers and networks and all of that. And then there's people who can, you know, set up databases and basically good architects and they can create the data modeling and the structure and all of that. And then there's people who can, you know, code back end engineering in different languages. And then there's people who can do the front end, you know, which is like the thing that you see, the UI, and they can code that up too and then they got to know about scripts and things like that, right? There's all of these, and APIs and all of these things, right? There's all of these different things. And if you try to ever build a software product or anything with an engineer who can only do one of those things, you're screwed because you're gonna need like six engineers to do something. But if you have what's called a full stack engineer, they can do it all, all by themselves. And what's crazy is that when you have a full stack engineer, they are actually about 10, a good one, will be 10 times faster and produce 10 times more work and output than in a normal engineer, right? So there's a 10 times difference. If you, had 40, uh, if you had 40 good full stack engineers, that would be the equivalent of 400. And you're probably thinking, how is it so much faster? Well, when somebody can do the full stack, they don't have to, like, stop working and then try to tell this other person what they want, get that person to understand what they want, then get that person to do the work, come back to them, make sure it's good, probably make some changes, make some changes, make some changes, and then it's good to go to the next step, then they've got to go and brief this other person, tell them what they want, get them to understand it, that other person does the work, then it comes back, a couple of changes, right? You can see how this process, most of it, isn't actually work. It's handing something off to somebody else and then getting it back from somebody else and then handing it off to somebody else again. And you wanna watch out for this thing. Whenever work is not being done and it's being transported to another person or being, if someone's waiting for something to come back, that is waste. That is what, that is what kills productivity. And that is what kills performance in everything, is basically work that Is being handed off to somebody else right and when you have a full stack engineer they can just do the whole thing and you know they just go they only have to go back and forth in their minds they don't have to talk to other people and I see this a lot you know a lot of people say that I see people and this has happened with us too at consulting.com my company you know sometimes people think oh we have a communication issue you know like oh, we need, you know, our team needs to hold more meetings or our team needs to communicate better with each other. And, you know, this team should tell this team. But most of the time when I really dig into it, it's not a communication issue. It's just that that person should like, let me give you an example, right? Because it's, it's hard to understand if I just speak like this. So we had, uh, you know, my team was saying we've got a communication issue. And I said, what happened? What happened? Like, I'm not going to accept we've got a communication issue. I'm like, why? Tell me what happened. And what, what had happened is, you know, marketing had sent out, like, an email in this promotion, and then uh, support started to get emails from people who had received this promotion, and they were asking different questions about it and how it worked and things like that. And support didn't understand, like, how it worked or how to respond to these questions. And so they thought that marketing didn't communicate well with support, right? And they thought we had a communication issue. But really, that's not a communication issue. Really, that is like a, you know, an intelligence issue, right? The su- the support team should have been able to figure that one out on their own without needing to talk to marketing. So what, what they could have done is, you know, if they were fully, well-trained, full-stack people, is they could have gone, alright, so marketing must have sent out a, an email campaign with this, with this particular thing. Now, how can I find this email campaign? Well, it's going to be the email that people are replying to in the support inbox. Easy to find. All right, what's in this email? Read the email, oh, okay, it's this offer and it does that. Oh, I wonder how this works. Well, instead of asking marketing, why don't I just try, you know, opting in for this particular offer myself and just, and just reading about it and, and testing out how it works. Click on the button, Ah, oh, this is how it works, da, 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 da. try it out yourself. All right, got it, now I understand. Now I can solve this problem and now I can create a quick help document to help everyone else in my support team solve this problem, because they're probably going to run into the issue that I just ran into. So create the help document and then message on Slack everyone else in the support team. Hey, heads up, support team! Uh, marketing just sent this thing out yesterday. This is what it does. Here's how it works. Here's how to solve these sorts of responses. Bam, done. Right? That is a full stack person. Um, and I, you know, we had that exact that exact thing occur in my business. And you've got to be careful. Of this thing like as a CEO or a manager or any leader of a, of a team you've got to really look at what's going on and what I've found is that communication is often not necessary right because if you've got good transparency if everyone can see what's going on in the business and there's you know you don't have siloed information and things like that then Everyone should really be able to get the answers they need themselves. And if they're they're trained to think for themselves and they're full stack people, they should be able to figure everything out on their own from the information they've got access to. And then they shouldn't need to go and ask the other person because the moment they go to ask the other person, they stop working and then asking them is stopping the other person from working. And then they have to understand each other, which takes some time, and then that person has to explain it to them. And then you know, there's, a, there's a period in there where two people aren't working. Or well, God forbid, if the whole team stops and the other whole team stops and then they decide to schedule a meeting, like meetings are dangerous too, watch out for meetings. And then now we've got two whole teams stopped sitting in a meeting room, right? That is bad. You don't want that sort of stuff going on. And so really you should watch out for meetings, watch out for phone calls and watch out for anyone that says, you know, communication issues. And don't get me wrong, sometimes there can be, you know, communication issues. But what I've found is that the best remedy to communication is transparency, all right? Like in my company, every single person at every level, just everyone can see all of our sales. They can see how much money we're making, how many sales we made right now, real time. They can see everything. They can see all of our customers, all of our products, everything. We have it fully transparent and open. And we even make our p and our profit and loss statement, and our balance sheet all transparent and open. So every single thing that I have access to, my team has access to. Obviously, if there's like private matters about an individual, you know that will be private, right? But everything else is transparent. Even our performance reviews are transparent. Like, Everything is transparent. And because it's that way, it's easy for the team to understand what are we doing and how am I impacting the whole. And it's very easy to understand what's going on and what other people are doing and how they are impacting the whole. And it's most of the time they don't need to go and ask other people or have meetings or things like this because they can just see it themselves. So we've gotten a little bit you know, on a tangent here, but it's it all comes back to the same thing really. Is you know you want to hire full stack people. And what I mean by that is that they're good at a range of different things. They've got good worldly wisdom. Now you might be thinking, Sam, this is kind of different because you you preach about like you know being a specialist, right? And why are you talking about being a generalist? Well, being a specialist is important, but it has to be built on top of a foundation of general knowledge, right? And Google knows this too. You know, we call them full stack people, but Google calls them T-shaped people, T. And why they call them T-shaped people is they've got good broad-based knowledge, right? They're, They're very good at a range of things. They understand how the world works and all of this. And then they're very, very good at something specific. So, you know, with a full stack engineer, you know, they can code the whole stack, front end to back end, server config and everything, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're average at all of that. They're probably average at all of it and then very good at one specific thing, like front-end, right? Now that person, most of their work's gonna be front-end. Probably 80% is gonna be coding front-end, but that 20% that isn't, instead of them having to be like, oh, this isn't what I do, this isn't in my job description, you know, they just do it. They figure it out, they get it done. And this is why you want to hire these people. Google calls them T-shaped people, we call them full-stack people, And these people literally, they're the equivalent of 10 normal people. No exaggeration, 10. Like if you have 40 full stack people, you have the manpower of a company that has 400. No exaggeration at all. So you want to make it, you know, if you're just starting out in business, right? If you're an entrepreneur and you haven't started yet, or if you want to be an entrepreneur you haven't started yet, or if you're just running a one man or one woman business, then really what you wanna do first and foremost is become a full stack person yourself. And I see this happen to entrepreneurs all the time. You know, they might be, they might think that, you know, they're above doing sales, or they're above doing ads or marketing or any of this, or they're above creating a video, or they're above doing all of this stuff, right? Or they don't know how to do marketing, I mean, so they don't know how to do accounting because you know, they don't know that, so they just wanna get an accountant to do that, right? Now, these people really are successful, I've noticed. You know, they, they, they aren't successful really ever. And I've looked through history like crazy, and I've seen that in every case, you know, pretty much the most successful people in the world, they're full stack. Like Leonardo da Vinci was a full stack artist. He was an engineer. He was also an artist. He was also a chemist and he wanted to learn chemistry just so he could mix the pigments for his paints and get his paint right. He also studied optics, how the eye works and all of this stuff. He also studied light and reflections and all of this. He also studied geometry, studied mathematics, and he even studied like human anatomy. He even dissected dead humans to understand their bone structure, skeletal structure, the muscles and all of that, just so he could create better detailed paintings, right? And so, you know, he mastered all of that just so he could be an amazing painter. And it worked. You know, he was able to do things that other painters couldn't because he had better worldly wisdom at the base. He was probably T-shaped, like he was an amazing painter, but he knew a lot about a, a, he knew a lot about a lot of things and that enabled him to go really far on the painting. And you see this with musicians, too. Like, just last night I was watching a documentary called The Defiant Ones. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it right now. The Defiant Ones. Probably the best documentary I've seen. And it's about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine and how they went from nothing to basically starting the, the world's like most famous record label, signing pretty much all of the major hits from like the 90s and into the 2000s, and then creating Beats by Dre, and then selling it to Apple for like $3.3 billion, right? Pretty impressive. And this documentary covers their entire story. And what's fascinating is, you know, Jimmy Iovine, he started out as like just a guy sweeping the floors in a recording studio. So he knew the recording studio from sweeping the floors. And then he started just by being like a You know an an assistant in the recording studio just pressing like play pause stop all of this then he learned how to become an audio engineer and mix into all of this and learned from other people then he learned how to do the producing and then he learned how to basically manage an artist publish an artist all of this and then he once he got really good at that he started like you know producing hits for major artists and everyone wanted to work with him and then he started switching to the business side and learning, you know, the ins and outs of making money when it comes to producing music. And then he mastered that whole side. He knew how to market things, he knew how to sell things, he knew about legals and contracts, he knew about accounting, he knew about technology, because as soon as like Napster came out and you know, and then people were streaming music and the CD business died, you know, he had to go and learn all of that. And you know, he he was a true full stack. Person and that's what made him so successful. He wasn't just a, you know, an audio engineer. He wasn't just a producer. He wasn't just a businessman. He was all of these things. And also Dr. Dre. You know, Dr. Dre, uh, he was like, first of all, he was like a, a rapper and an MC. He mixed his own stuff. And then he started like producing his own stuff. So he learned how to record. He learned how to like adjust all of the audio levels and all of that, and produce really good sounding music. And then he worked with other artists, and he knew how to produce them. And then, like when he bought his his uh, CD to Jimmy Iovine, when he was still like in the music business himself, Jimmy was like, "Who Dre? Who?" who mixed this thing like who produced this because it sounded so amazing he was like I did it and he was like wait a minute you came up with the concept for these songs you wrote the songs and all of the lyrics you created all of the sound in this whole song then you produced the whole thing then you did the artwork for the whole thing and then you put together the entire thing packaged it up and got it ready for sale and you know even produced like the marketing angles for it and he was like yeah And that's when he knew that, you know, he was going to hire him. And what's fascinating is when they look at all of these different artists, like, you know, Gwen Stefani and Eminem and all of these different ones, which they signed, uh, they were all really full-stack people. You know, they they would create their own outfits. And this is true with Michael Jackson, too. You know, Michael Jackson would, like, write his own lyrics, like, make his own songs, the sounds and everything in it. He would also create his own like dance moves and practice that and he would perform himself. He would create his own costumes, the lighting and everything. He would do the entire thing and because he could control all of these variables, he could produce something exactly the way he wanted it. He didn't have to have these different parties all involved producing an inconsistent experience. And Steve Jobs was full stack too. You know, he learned about the hardware side, the software side. And he owned it the whole way through. You know, he didn't he just didn't want to produce an operating system and then have it on someone else's computer. He wanted to produce the operating system and the hardware and the software, just everything, end to end, so he could control the full experience and have it as perfect as he wanted it. And so, you know, if you look and we could look into sports too, Michael Jordan, right? When Michael Jordan was playing basketball, most NBA players have like a specialty that they just stick to in a kind of rigid with. Like they might be just real good at playing defense. They might be real good at shooting like three pointers or some of them might be real good at, you know, at uh, just like scoring points. Right. And, you know, they might be good at these different things, but Michael Jordan mastered it all. He was good at everything. So he could play defense. He could shoot three pointers. He could, he could score lots of points like he could do it all and not just at an average level he was probably better than everyone else at everything right now he was t-shaped and that he was really good at like at hitting points just constantly and being like you know being attacked like attacking all the time that was probably where he was extremely good but he was definitely t-shaped and so you know no matter where you look in the world no matter what era of time you observe you'll notice that The people who do really well, the people who are successful, and this, it doesn't matter if this is business, it doesn't matter if this is, like, software technology, it could, it doesn't matter if this is even health, like, you know, personal trainers, the ones that are really good, they learn about nutrition, they learn about sleep, they learn about psychology and how all of these things interconnect, right? It doesn't matter like, even if you're an artist or a musician, it doesn't matter what you are doing, you want to become full stack, or T-shaped, whatever one you want to call it. Because that's when you can really start doing things fast and that's when you can really start becoming the best. And I think back, you know, in my business career, which is, I've been in business for like seven years now I think, seems like quite a long time, but when I first got started, I couldn't really get much traction or momentum or anything, mostly because I didn't know what to do. I'd like start doing my thing and then get to this point and get stuck because I didn't know how to do it. And You know, until I really mastered the full stack, I didn't really start making big progress. Because I had to learn how to sell. I had to learn how to market and do copywriting and advertising and PPC ads and all of that. Then I had to learn how to do accounting. I didn't pay any attention in accounting at school. I failed it. So I had to go and learn all of that. And I had to learn, you know, taxes. I had to learn international markets. I had to learn corporate structuring. I had to learn copywriting then i had to get into psychology to understand and get inside other people's heads and then i had to really master myself like because i noticed that i was coming up against all of these ba- barriers and boundaries and you know i had emotions and different states which i couldn't really control that were affecting my work output and so i had to learn how to deal with all of that and you know it's it's quite fascinating to think about because as soon as i became full stack and i could do legal stuff accounting stuff like statistics and numbers, PPC ads, marketing, sales, product development, as soon as, in technology, as soon as I could do all of that, I just started flying, right, because I didn't have to stop, brief someone else, wait for them to come back to me, I could just go and just get it all done and move really fast. And so if you're just getting started in business, make it your objective to become full stack. If you run into something that you don't understand yourself, don't think, oh, I'm just gonna get like a, you know, a contract or I'm just gonna give this to someone else because this isn't my responsibility. Learn it yourself. Like I'm not saying don't hire people or don't use contractors because that's dumb. You want to delegate things. But the thing is you want to understand them too. Because if you're just delegating something to somebody else like an employee or a contractor or something and you don't understand it, you don't know how to brief it to them. You don't know how to judge their performance of it and you don't know anything so you know you're you're really in trouble so even if you are using other people like you need to understand how it all works and if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur ceo that already has a team or is looking to hire a team make it your duty to only hire full stack people now you're probably thinking well how do i know if someone's a full stack person Honestly, like, if you, if you get resumes or you're looking at people's histories or, or something, this is before a phone interview or an in-person interview, just look for interesting combinations of, like, work history and life. Because if someone's just rigidly done the same thing, like, for a whole time, like, they probably don't have that much worldly wisdom, knowledge, or things like that. But if somebody has quite an interesting history and past, then they probably, you know, are, are full stack. Um, and then the only way to truly know is, you know, during the interview. And what I like to do in the interviews is totally counterintuitive. But I just like to ask questions about all sorts of things, just, just weird things. And I don't, like, I change the topic from this to that. Like, I might go over to, like, discussing government systems, something that happened 100 years ago, history. Maybe I'll even ping it over to, like, world views, religion, and conflicts, and things like this then I'll bring it to finance, accounting, then I might ask some numbers questions, then I might bring it into marketing, technology, then different companies, and how they think that these companies have an edge while these other ones don't, what mistakes different people are making, like what they think is going on in the world that's blatantly wrong that people all believe, but they think they're all wrong, like all sorts of just weird different things, because it if a person can answer all of those questions and... It really tells me, and it shows me, that they're they're good observers, you know? They don't just sit in this world with glazed over eyes, just like thinking, they're not really even thinking, right? Because if someone's gonna be alive in this world, like, you're gonna see a lot of shit. You're gonna notice a lot of things going on. And you want to ask yourself, hey, why did that thing happen? Or why is that the way it is, right? People who are curious about these things, observe these things, and then they can't live without knowing why, these are full stack people, right? And this is how you, you can really find them, by just drilling them in interviews about all sorts of stuff. Because if, they, if, it shows, if they're able to answer it, then it shows you that this is a, a good observer of the world around them, and that they're curious and want to find out why and people who want to find out why and are always curious and self-teach themselves and never think they're done. These are the people you want to hire. And if you're an entrepreneur and you're not ready to hire people yet, this is who you want to become, right? And so that's my advice for you today. If you're getting started, become full stack. Or it doesn't matter what you're in, become full stack. If you're an employee at a job, become full stack, right? Like I'm still helping all of my people in my company become full stack. I'm asking them what they would like to learn, what would give them an edge, and then I'm giving them good books I know on it, getting them to read those books, and really pushing everyone to become full stack so that you know, they're, they're really, really good at knowing what's going on. Also put transparency into your business. Don't be one of those businesses where the CEO is the only person who really knows what's going on and these other people are pretty much just blind because your business is gonna die if you do that. And Also, don't be one of these businesses that is constantly meeting and talking and not doing because doing is the only thing that gets things done and You want to make sure that, you know, really I believe communication is inefficient Everyone should be able to find what they want by transparency so that they don't need to ask and they don't need to communicate, right? You want to grow an organization like this if you want to win and the cool part is, is that it's way nicer to run one of these businesses because you don't always have to talk to everyone and communicate with everyone because they're able to find the answers all on their own. So that's it for this video today. What I want you to do is if you liked this video just click that like button and also leave me something in the comments section below. If you have any questions about what I've said today just let me know on those questions or if you've got a recommendation for a video you'd like me to shoot just let me know in that comment box below. I'm gonna be checking and reading them myself personally. And if you also, if you, if you like my video content, just click that subs- subscribe button, the YouTube subscribe, because I release one of these videos every week, and also customer interviews and other things like that. So that's it for this week's video. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next one soon.